0: Hey, welcome in to OutKick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope your Wednesday is going fantastically well. We are 10 days from Christmas and if you got young kids in the household, they're also about to be out of school on time. Uh, I'm headed down to Key West for a few days on Friday. So I'll have a show tomorrow. Won't be on Monday and Tuesday. Maybe back on uh, Wednesday and Thursday. And then rolling, I think, back down to Florida for uh, New Year's and beyond. But anyway, early Christmas holiday gathering, greetings, whatever you might celebrate. I hope that you are having a fantastic Wednesday as we come up on the end of the year. Today is College Football Signing Day. I'll discuss the impact there. Uh, NFL COVID issues continue to build as Baker Mayfield now out. The Cleveland Browns are a mess going forward. Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia has reportedly essentially come out against the Build Back Better bill. That could be a substantial uh, blow to Joe Biden. Uh, certainly, it's not going to be passed according to reports before the end of the year. The NFL's Embrace or Inspire Change charity has evidently been supporting three to fund the police charities. That is a failure. England has hit a new high in COVID cases. Elon Musk going toe-to-toe with Senator Elizabeth Warren and the Bubble Wallace news lie that ESPN continues to propagate. All that and more we will discuss, but we begin with college football signing day. Uh, Early signing day for those of you out there that are nerds. Look, this is when typically national championships are won. I have been saying for years, and the data continues to support it, in order to win a national championship, You have to have at least three top 10 classes in the four years before you win a championship. Now, let me be clear here. The COVID, uh, sorry, the portal that is changing everything and constant transfers and name, image, and likeness may change things. What do I mean by this may change things? Well, if you can go out and sign seven or eight transfers, then your signing day class doesn't matter as much. So I think you have to put a pin in this because as much as signing day might matter, there's also the opportunity for other top talent to be added now uh, and and for those supplements to be put together on recruiting classes and also for your top recruits to move on and go elsewhere. But as we sit here right now, approaching 4 o'clock Eastern, Here are the top 10 classes in America according to the composite rankings from 24-7 sports. There's still players out there. Uh, There could still be some movement. So I'm not trying to not show respect for your school's recruiting class. Georgia, number one overall. Uh, This is a 24-7 composite rankings. Bama, number two. Texas A&M, number three. Ohio State, four. Texas, five. Penn State, six. Notre Dame, seven. North Carolina, strong class from a Mack Brown. Michigan, North is eight. Michigan is nine. And Oklahoma is ten. If you want to go on right outside of the top ten, Kentucky right now, probably its best recruiting class of all time, sitting at 11. Auburn has fought back under Brian Harson to get to 12. Missouri... One of Missouri's best recruiting classes of all time. Stanford, great class for David Shaw, sitting at 14. Florida State, I'm going to get to Florida State here in a minute, sitting at 15. Tennessee right now at 16, followed by Clemson, Arkansas, Indiana, maybe a little bit of a surprise there, and Michigan State would be the top 20. Programs that you recognize that are usually at the top of the list, LSU, all the way down at 23. They had only a few commits right now. Uh, They had a big move in terms of the new coach. Uh, Vanderbilt, one of its best classes ever, up to 31 in the consensus. Uh, You've got Oregon, which lost its coach all the way down at 35. If you're a little nervous, filled with trepidation, Uh, When you have to hit load more after the top 50, you know that it is not ideal. Nebraska right now, 57th in Scott Frost's tenure there. Uh, You have got uh, the Florida Gators, the University of Miami all the way down at, usually it's a good number, 69. Uh, Hardly any commitments right now (coughs) as they bring in Mario Cristobal. That will change, certainly. Florida Gators all the way down right now at 76, behind East Carolina, above Tulane, Virginia at 79. Uh, There are Washington, new coach at Washington, all the way down at 86. Uh, So those are the ones, I would say, the programs that are going to have to hit the portal aggressively in a big way. Uh, That is uh, USC, by the way, only has right now five commitments. I would wager a lot they'll be top five next year, but right now USC all the way down at 99 on the recruiting board. So, biggest story coming out of college football's early signing day is Travis Hunter. Some places had him as the number one overall recruit in the country. He flipped from Florida State to Jackson State, is evidently going to make over a million dollars thanks to name, image, and likeness. Now, you guys know I'm a capitalist. I think people should be able to make as much money off their talents as they possibly can. Here is what I would say in general, however, about whatever money that you make from name, image, and likeness. It's a pinprick, a fraction of the money that you will make if you end up playing in the NFL and becoming a star. Why is that significant? Because this is the way that I would talk to my boys. It's great to get a million dollars, trust me, I understand a lot of you out there. Your goal is, man, I'd love to have a million dollars one day. But if you have the talent to make a million dollars, you probably have the talent to make twenty million, or forty million, or fifty million, maybe even a hundred million during your career as an athlete. What I would be telling my boys, probably unlikely we're ever going to have to have this discussion, but now that I look at it from the perspective of a dad, Making the right choice on your college, both for regular academics, but also for athletics, is ultimately an investment in your ability to make a lot in the future. So wherever you go, and whatever you may get at 18 or 19 years old, the real payoff comes when you're 21 or 22 and you get drafted, That is when life-changing money arrives. Now, I know some of you out there are like, oh, a million dollars is life-changing money. It's good money. You can't live for the rest of your life if you're 18 years old on a million dollars. It's a good amount of money to make after the Biden tax cuts that are coming up at 600K, all right, 400,000 of that is coming getting lopped off pretty soon right off the top. A lot of people don't understand how the tax man works. But then you're talking about $600,000. $600,000 is great to have, but $600,000 is a pinprick of what a successful player can make in the NFL. And the reason why I bring that up is I think there will probably be players who get money at 18 or 19, don't end up picking the best option for them to develop at 21 or 22 years old, and they're taking less money than they would make if they looked at college as an investment as opposed to a way to get paid. Now, again, I'm a capitalist, but part of being a capitalist is making sure that you don't sell your talent too short and that you invest at the right time in yourself. And I wonder how much of this is going to be occurring where guys may not take the right fit or the right coach or the right program to develop them. They take the money and the end result is they end up with less than if they had focused on college as an opportunity to create an earning, uh, earnings potential as opposed to making money. Now, look, ideal scenario here is pretty straightforward. You get paid in college and then you also get paid in the NFL. I understand that. That's the desire. I'm just saying the payout that you're going to get in the NFL is so much orders of magnitude more than what you could potentially make in the NFL Uh, sorry, in college for most places that you need to focus in a smart way. Now, there are exceptions, right? There are some guys who are going to play quarterback, for instance, at a high level in college, and they're going to be able to make more than they may make in the NFL because there's a lot of great college quarterbacks that have no NFL future. And for those guys, the story is different. But if you are going to be an elite first-round caliber talent, whatever you have to do to become an elite first-round caliber talent is more about investing in yourself going forward than worrying about the dollars getting dangled in front of you right now. But we're going to hit, and you knew this was coming, uh, where a legal payday. And I've always asked this question. I think it's a great one from a purely economics perspective. What's a five-star worth if we just bid on five stars, which we're starting to see happen? I don't know. But I do know that there are a lot of five-star busts. So the market is going to end up deciding what the value is of players. And some of these guys that are investing hundreds of thousands of dollars in athletes that end up bust may be less likely to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars going forward. Just worth thinking about. I don't know what the overall answer is going to be. But I think it's certainly worth paying attention to going forward. All right, the NFL has got major issues with COVID. Reports are that the NFL, Baker Mayfield is now tested positive. The Rams have shut down their facility. Feels like the whole Browns team has tested positive for COVID. The NFL is setting every single day new records for positive tests. And it's become such a big deal that even Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk is asking something and arguing something that I've been arguing for a long time, which is let guys play. If you are asymptomatic, and reports are right now that Baker Mayfield is asymptomatic, that is, he doesn't have any knowledge that he had COVID at all other than testing positive, why would you not allow him to play? COVID is not going away. The idea that these vaccines and the boosters were going to eliminate COVID forever is just not true. In fact, many of these vaccinated people are testing positive for COVID, and that's why they're not allowed. Double vaccines, booster players, all of these things are blowing up on the NFL. And when this occurs, I think there are legitimate questions about how do we start to treat COVID as a disease that is never going to go away. It is always going to be here. And my answer is we have to treat COVID like the seasonal flu in the years ahead We can't keep overreacting every time somebody tests positive for COVID. If they've been vaccinated, if they've been boosted, are we going to keep this going forever? Most NFL players don't even get the flu shot. Effectively, that's what the COVID shot is. It is a a therapeutic more than it is a vaccine. In other words, (laughs) when you and I get the measles and the mumps and the rubella vaccine, probably even chickenpox, although I had that, you know that you're not going to get those viruses. That's not what the COVID vaccine is doing. It is basically just a therapeutic. It's very similar to the overall flu shot in terms of its overall impact, all right? Uh, I gotta tell you right now, instead of getting more coal for the holidays from Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, you know, the overpriced wireless carriers out there, how about getting Pure Talk And getting hooked up right now, you'll get the same nationwide 5G coverage, same towers, everything the exact same, except because they only focus on the quality of their product and not all the advertising, television, naming rights, everything else. Your family can save $800 a year. That's what the average family saves on this cell phone plan. I'm a customer. I wouldn't tell you to use a service that my own family is not using right now. You can get unlimited talk, text, six gigs of data for just $30 a month. And like I said, you can also get a new phone. You can keep your same phone, keep your same phone number. But if you want a new phone, they have iPhone 12 starting at just $479. You can go to puretalk.com right now, shop for the plan and the phone that's right for you, enter the promo code OUTKICK, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month Plus, you can save on a new phone. That's puretalk.com, promo code OUTKICK. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Go today. Go to puretalk.com. Use the code OUTKICK and save your family a bundle. Speaking of saving a bundle. So, the Congressional uh, Budget Office, the CBO, came out with a uh, 10-year accounting of what Joe Biden's Build Back Better plan would cost. And they said it would cost $3 trillion more than the Democrats argued that it would, adding $3 trillion to our national debt. The way that the uh, Democrats scored it with accounting gimmicks, they made it appear that there would be no substantial uh, cost. In fact, Joe Biden continues to argue that the cost is zero. But Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia, maybe other senators as well. We had Marsha Blackburn on the show today who said other Democratic senators running for re-election in 2022 were also nervous about this. Joe Manchin basically has let it be known that he opposes bringing Build Back Better to the floor right now. And so the idea that Democrats had of hoping to get this bill passed before Christmas is not going to happen. It now is going to get pushed into 2022. We'll see what happens with the inflation rate right now. It's 6.8%, the highest since 1982. We'll see whether or not inflation continues to grow. The biggest and craziest argument, other than the fact that this bill won't cost, will cost zero, which is a lie, it's actually going to cost $3 trillion, is... Joe Biden has tried to argue uh, that this is actually going to make inflation better. My question for you would be this. Since when has the government pouring $3 trillion more into an overall overheated economy actually made inflation better? It's not going to happen. So right now, in the meantime, we have got a pause put on uh, as we try to figure out what exactly is going to happen going forward. Uh, This is crazy. The NFL has right now, as part of its Inspire Change initiative, their social justice warrior initiative that they undertook, the NFL is donating to three different charities that are in favor of defunding the police. Defunding the police, let me be clear about this, is the single dumbest argument that any political party has made in the 21st century. And it's one of the dumbest arguments that I have ever seen in my life. It has directly resulted to skyrocketing murder rates, to skyrocketing crime, and it has actually ended up making people who live in inner city neighborhoods, overwhelmingly minorities, more uh, dangerous and more violent crime than if we had just allowed police to continue to do their job. And in fact, the irony of the Black Lives Matter movement in general is that it has led to more black lives being lost than if BLM had never existed at all. People don't want to talk about this, but if you look at the overwhelming number of victims, uh, we had the highest skyrocketing rate of murder in 2021 that we have ever seen in this country. Nearly a 30% single-year increase. In 2021, many of these same cities have continued to see a massive uptick in violence. Philadelphia, most murders ever. Austin, Texas, most murders ever. Portland, Oregon, I believe, most murders ever. Uh, There are 12 different cities, Columbus, Ohio, Tucson, Arizona, that have seen all-time highs in murders in 2021, and we still have nearly a full month of data to come in This is just through the end of November. And so the idea that the NFL would be supporting defund the police, look, any politician, in my opinion, who supported the idea of defunding the police should be voted out of office because they are too dumb to be trusted as political stewards. Even right now, the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, just came out yesterday in favor of aggressive policing because the overall crime rate in San Francisco has gotten so extensively high that even left-wing mayors of left-wing cities are saying, my goodness, we need the police back doing their job. That is a significant impact and it needs to happen going forward for sure. I want to tell you right now, What do Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and Oprah Winfrey have in common? They're making a killing by investing in just what might be the most overlooked alternative asset in the world, fine art. I read that Oprah Winfrey Winfrey recently sold a painting for $150 million after buying it for $90 million three years earlier. Where do these major investments come from? Well, unlike stocks... Art has little correlation to the S&P 500. That means when markets crash, like they did just a couple weeks ago as people got nervous about Omicron, uh, then there isn't that same crash in art. In fact, the Wall Street Journal recently called the art market among the hottest on Earth. Is it any wonder the richest people on the planet have invested in art for centuries? I'm talking about some of the most famous contemporary artist, whether it's Banksy or Picasso. uh, You can't necessarily buy the entire painting yourself, but you can securitize iconic works of art and they can then allow you to invest in million dollar paintings without being a millionaire. OutKick listeners right now get priority access to their newest offerings. This is really a cool idea. I went and looked at all this different artwork I was like, this is awesome that you can own a share of these different pieces of art. How do you do it? We go to masterworks.com slash OutKick to get started. That's masterworks, masterworks.art slash OutKick. Again, one more time, masterworks.art slash OutKick. You can see all the disclaimers there as well, but this is a super idea. I encourage you to go to masterworks.art outkick. England, Germany, many other countries in Europe are hitting new COVID highs. England hit a new COVID high today. If you listen to the Clay and Buck show, we had Alex Berenson on the program today, and he talked about the fact that unfortunately, we are likely headed towards close to new highs in the United States. If you look at the data on COVID rates, last year, we peaked around January 12th in the winter, cold and flu season. The absolute peak of overall COVID infections happened on January 12th. That would suggest that we have about a month of cases continuing to increase in this country. Ideally, that wouldn't occur but with what's going on in Europe, it seems somewhat likely that that might be going to happen. This is significant because much like you look in the NBA and the NHL and uh, the, the, the NFL, all of these leagues have nearly 100% vaccine rates. So the idea that you can vaccinate yourself out of COVID overall rates skyrocketing is just not true. Europe also has high rates of COVID vaccine uh, endorsement and acceptance. And it still is setting all-time highs in COVID cases. Now, I hope the death rate is going to remain low, but the data would reflect that we are likely to continue to skyrocket in the United States. Now, this is a big mess for the Biden administration because we are almost one year in to Joe Biden being president And he is potentially going to preside over a new high in overall COVID infections. And they're trying to argue, oh, this is primarily a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's not true. The number of people who are being hospitalized with COVID uh, vaccines in England, where they have really good data, is around 75%. So the vast majority of people that are having severe health issues in England are COVID vaccinated worth keeping in mind, even though most people will not talk about it. ESPN. The lies that ESPN spreads are CNN-like and MSNBC-like on a daily basis. ESPN yesterday advertised a new E60 special on Bubble Wallace, and they talked about the noose that was found in Talladega in his garage. The FBI investigated. Newsflash. It was a rope pull. It was not a noose. It was a rope pull that had been there for a long time. Bubba Wallace was randomly assigned that garage and it was not in any way a symbol of racial animosity. Yet a year later, right now, what is ESPN trying to do? They are trying to claim that Bubba Wallace was a victim of a racial hate crime by alleging that a noose, which was not a noose, it was just a pull rope, by alleging that this noose was a part of a hate crime. This is what I talk about when I discuss how stories shift and the narrative is altered. What is going on right now, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is there is a claim being made that there was a noose in Talladega They're hoping that people forget that the FBI investigated and found that there was no racial hate crime here at all, that this was Jussie Smollett meets uh, NASCAR, that this was not a hate crime in any way. They conducted an investigation. Everybody talked all about it. Everybody condemned overall hate and all those things. And it turned out somebody had just designed a rope pull for the garage this continues to be Uh, One of the examples of the media trying to shift the narrative. Thankfully, ESPN got absolutely roasted to the heavens for sharing that uh, tweet and trying to argue uh, that this was, in fact, in some way a noose and it was connected to a hate crime. Uh, Speaking of, uh, of, uh, of crimes, might be a crime nearly what Elon Musk did to poor Senator Elizabeth Warren on Twitter. If you didn't see this, Uh, Elizabeth Warren tweeted an article saying Times Man of the Year should pay taxes and then Elon Musk fired back and said uh, to Elizabeth Warren, hey, by the way, uh, you know, I have paid taxes and in fact, if you look, I may pay more taxes this year than anybody's ever paid taxes in the history of mankind. Then he went after Elizabeth Warren for her Pocahontas lies And he called her a Karen and everything else. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of in love with Elon Musk. And I'm hopeful that the money that Elon Musk has made, that he will put some of it into trying to create an honest media outlet to combat the lies that we see on a regular basis from the New York Times and the Washington Post. Uh, Elon Musk, to me, what's the point of having FU money if you don't occasionally say FU? Uh, I'm tired of hundred millionaires and billionaires running around afraid of what people are going to say if they share their actual opinions. Elon Musk, authentic, whether you agree with him or not on everything. I love that he supports capitalism. I love that he recognizes that government is far worse at uh, oftentimes getting things done than private business. I mean, think about this for a minute. Elon Musk caught and passed NASA when it comes to the technology of spaceships. Think about this for a minute, how crazy that it is, how audacious, how transparently incredible it is that Elon Musk decided, hey, I'm going to build better spaceships than NASA is. And then he did it as a private sector investor. I mean, it's an incredible accomplishment. To say nothing of the uh, electric vehicle success that he's had with Tesla, but to me, catching up with the government and passing them when it came to space-age technology is one of the most incredible accomplishments of our lives. And the fact that he now is sending rockets to space and doing it in a more cost-effective manner than NASA was able to do. I love Elon Musk. I'm just a huge fan of his audacity, of his capitalism, of his fearlessness, and of his support for the First Amendment. Uh, Finally, Super Bowl, headed to Las Vegas. This is more of a triumph of sports gambling. For years, uh, all these sports leagues tried to pretend Las Vegas didn't exist. They wouldn't put their bowl games there. They wouldn't play their championships. And now, boom, all of a sudden, Las Vegas is going to be hosting, I believe it is the 2024, if I'm not mistaken, Super Bowl, then you're going to have New Orleans with a Super Bowl. Of course, the Super Bowl this year is going to be in LA, and it remains to be seen in a couple of months how much of a normal Super Bowl environment we're going to have, particularly if COVID cases continue to increase in the uh, in the months ahead. All right, I love all of you. My name is Clay Travis. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. This has been Outkick the Show. I will see you tomorrow. If you are not listening To the Clay and Buck show, I encourage you to check out our interview with Alex Berenson as well as our interview with Senator Marsha Blackburn. And yesterday, Abigail Schreier and Miranda Devine were fantastic. You can go listen to all those things at the Clay and Buck podcast. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I got to go walk and pick up my kids. This has been Outkick, the show.